Hey, what's up, people? This is episode 153, maybe. Jason DeBeas. We, we got a great episode today. This guy, that looks like looks like Aaron Wexler. That looks like Matt Prosser. You guys are going to find out. The episode starts right now. Oh, that's loud. <laughs> so, for today, gentlemen, turning that off, going back to me. You have asked, you have asked, but I got them in the room together. Because for me, I've got to give the people, give the people what they want. Along with my man, Aaron Wexley. He's the, ex, he's the UCLA standout libero. Also, you want to chip as an assistant for the women's team and is now the club director, the program director for West Coast Volleyball. Welcome to the show, Aaron. What's up? Thank you so much. Happy to be here. And my man, Long Beach State standout. Also a hell of a recruiter as well as a player, right? Recruited Kyle Friend out there. Uh, main draw, cancer survivor, comeback kid of the year, along with the comeback kid, Eric Baranek. And now I'm FIVB and Beach Volleyball World Color Commentator and Play-By-Play Guy, Matt Prosser. What's up, man? What's up, Jay? Thanks for having me, man. So along with these two geniuses, your guy, the bum from Brooklyn, I'm Jason DeBiss. This is episode 153. Let's get down to brass tacks, boys. We are here for a purpose. Um... I'd love to ask what you guys been up to, but I think we're gonna we're gonna handle all that. I'm just so excited to. Um, I'm almost at a loss for words. Can you believe that? <laughs> that is hard to me. <laughs> Nitty gritty, boys. Everybody knows what this episode's about, so we go to topic number one. All right. So topic number one, we are doing our own little not a words presentation, but who we feel are. Uh, stood out this year as far as newcomers, as far as coaches, as far as, as teams, and um, our own, my own personal one called Hitman for Hire. But first things first, boys. A lot of new faces in the AVP scene, right? So, and some took the time, took a little time to get to the draw, but when they did, they became standouts. You got Evan Corey, you got Logan Weber, you know, put some respect on their name. You got um, anyone whose last name is Partain, right? So, mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, I'd like to start with you, Matt. Matt, who is your 2022 Newcomer of the Year? So for me, on the women's side, the Newcomer of the Year has got to be Julia Schools. She had a great, consistent season. I know it's not her first year. I think I, on BVB Info, it's her third, right? But right. this was the most uh, tournament she had played in, right? She made a final, um, showed a lot of grit coming out of USC. She played for Dane Blanton. It got to commentate the women's final from Fort Lauderdale where it was ridiculously hot and humid like it always is in Fort Lauderdale uh, during the summer. And she just gritted and battled. I mean, during a timeout, I remember specifically seeing her just vomiting in the player box and then getting right up and going right back to work. And that speaks a lot to me in terms of like grit of a player and what you have to do if you want to win at this level on the AVP. So for me, it's Julia Schools for sure on the women's side. And then on the nice. men's, uh, pretty simple answer, Taylor Sander. Guy had a standout first year on tour. I know he's been playing volleyball for a very long time. Played at BYU, played in the Olympics indoors, U.S. national team, handful of seasons professionally in Europe. So obviously good volleyball pedigree, but just an absolute standout first year for, for Taylor Sander. Nice. Mr. Wexler. Yeah, I mean, I do have to agree with you on the women's side, Skulls. And when when you mentioned how she dealt with that heat, you know, look, I dealt with heat. Dealing with heat is tough. 
and the way she dealt with that was was great and also her on two game is very impressive the way she kind of lands and you can speak to this as a blocker landing turning opening up seeing the dig annihilating on two she does it great um so i have her on the women's side for the men that's got to be miles partain i mean you know the the kid the kid is just impressive to watch we were talking before the show about how fun he is to like he's just fun to watch and it's it's just impressive how his game just continues to just get better and better and better and he's so chill and humble and cool and um so he's got a bright future for sure all right so for me i feel like this is um eight mile i felt like i feel like eminem went up there and said everything i was about to say so i ain't got nothing to say back so for anyone who watched eight mile these guys got me i got clowned by a bunch of white dudes from california man here we go but let's start with the women allow me to introduce myself my name is skulls julia skulls you are a magnificent woman you are a woman of god and you use that god-given talent to take you to the top particularly with a partnered up with a girl that we all love we all really wanted one for Gina Urango who was who was right there and you know to grab that brass ring so many times and it slipped through her fingers I enter um, Fort Lauderdale Florida Skulls Skulls carried it Gina Urango finished it and we got our newcomer of the year for the women I didn't even start the countdown clock we're gonna have to do that for the next category I'll <laughs> uh, see how excited and not organized I am so so for the men's side newcomer of the year uh, I do like your pick and uh, Miles Partain because Taylor Sander made such an impact um, that uh, uh, some of the other newcomers were, were kind of overshadowed because he's he's galvanizing, he's in your face, he's he brings this indoor, you know, like killer mentality. Uh, and with that being said, I still got to go with Taylor Sander. I think the thing that divides some of these mid-level open players with the top-level open players is the serve. Uh, where in, in a land where everybody can enlist a cave troll to block, everyone's got hands, everyone whatever. When you have that serve to space that makes people uncomfortable, not to mention the constant pressure, not just an ace looking for a, you know whatever, but that constant pressure. Every play you got to worry about him. You got seventy five service aces. He's twenty uh, fifteen serves ahead of our our, our regular resident leader. Uh, uh, Jeremy K. Spear, right? Jeremy K. Spear is usually the the number. Though, though K. Spear on aces per set, uh, I'll show you the stats. It's probably a little bit ahead. Yep, there he is. But there's something to be said about this guy that comes with this this indoor serve. And he's like, wait a second. I get to serve in the middle <laughs> and there's no passer there? Awesome. So go ahead. I, I got to jump in on that. Because Please Because Taylor Sander is just extremely fun to watch. I mean, so athletic. And then... Talk about a season where you're grinding, right? You're grinding all season long, and you're just you're, you're not winning. And then all of a sudden, you win in the championship. Like I got to give him love for that. Yes, right. You grind all season long, get to the championship, and you pick it up a notch. So, good but for not him. to mention three finals appearances for sure before, right? I mean, yeah. years from now, too. we're going to remember all these champions, and we don't give a damn who finishes second, and that's a shame. But at the same time, as an East Coast guy, you are what your record says you are. But with that being said three finals appearances man I, i'm glad that he was able to do what taylor and trevor couldn't do in three and in, in three or four yeah. tries in their first time you know yeah yeah no i'm, yeah. I'm sticking by miles partain but i gotta give love to taylor sander yes. because of that grind and because of the way he picked it up and and it kind of like crescended, crescended. So i want to interject a little bit about miles and i know we're going to be talking about miles quite a bit over this podcast but to me miles is not a newcomer 
he got a third place last year with Paul Lottman in Chicago. So that takes him out of the newcomer race in terms right. of, of my definition of what a newcomer is. This was Taylor Sanders' first year on the beach, yeah. right? And yes, he's got a great jump serve that he brought from the indoor game where it was one of the best in the world. But he was able to tweak his blocking. And the most important thing for newcomers is setting in transition, sure, which sure. you guys both know oh, yeah. is a very big skill. Unfortunately for Taylor Sander, he's got Taylor Crab to hit his sets, but he got better at those as the season went on. Yeah, totally agree. Point taken, but Miles Partain seems like a newcomer. He's this kid. <laughs> he, you know, I know he played last How year. How long but, are we going to call that kid a newcomer? <laughs> but man, I mean, he's, you know, I just, I got to give him love, you know? Yeah. It's just because you guys like are both Bruins, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, right, MPSF player of the year last season. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, I mean, the MPSF has to cowboy up and let their conference get stronger right now, all right? Because right now, player of the year is like saying I got an extra toy in my Happy Meal. They got to cowboy now, up and strengthen that division a little bit. Now, both those dudes, I got to talk about, okay, Sanders, obviously his highlight is his offense, right? He can just hammer a ball like crazy and serving for sure. But Miles is versatile, right? He can jump set. He can freeze a blocker, right? You're I mean, not wrong. the way he the way he jump sets right now, he kind of is actually kind of changing the whole game. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You're not wrong, which is why I think we're going to continue to be talking about it. Yes, I mean, isn't it crazy? We just got started, <laughs> and I felt like we 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 Man. it's it's a. Uh, um, it's a, a foreshadowing of what's to come in the next four topics. Let's you said that was the Wex is just baiting it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So let's go to topic number two. Um, topic number two. Sometimes a player gets hurt. All right. And sometimes they have to pull out of tournaments to because they can't help it. I have an old saying, if you're hurt, you can play. And if you're injured, you can't. Some players are injured and they can't go. So you need to dial up someone who is always there when you need them. Someone that picks up the phone and says yes. And now this award goes to the person that not only picks up the phone saying yes is not an only not an uncommon thing, but to them, it's a normal day. So the question is, gentlemen, who is your hitman for hire? I'm going to go first on this one. I have to go Andy Banesh. If there's and if there's more of a hitman for hire than him, make sure that guy has like a double barrel shotgun. Make sure he has one of those AT4 rocket launchers. If he doesn't have the disposable law one, you need someone to take out your tank, get that light anti-tank weapon, call Andy Banesh. You need someone to jump out of a plane with a parachute and, and rescue your, your cat from a tree and land in the tree, call Andy Banesh, okay? You need somebody. I could go on and on. And in fact, I still didn't start the clock, but I'm going to finish early make mine Andy Banesh um, Wex you go next 60 seconds bam let's go <laughs> gotta go Triborn there it I is. mean to to think of someone who's versatile enough who could just step right in and look what he did in the Olympics he got called in Taylor Crabb wasn't available to play got COVID tried just stepped right in there and pff, he actually I think he led in offense right the whole Olympics? Didn't he lead in he offense? He did. It was the best attacker yeah. in the Come Olympics. on. 91%. You yeah, know? Side up percent. So I'm, I'm going with Triborn. Um, on the girls' side, I got to mention Sarah Hughes. Well, we'll do the girls later. Oh, okay. We, okay. I, I didn't mention the girls, so we'll go, all around. Right, all we'll right. go around again for the girls. All right, all right. All right. Go ahead, Matt. That, 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 <laughs> hey, because that's me. The, uh, the only other guy that I would mention is Trevor. Those guys are teammates. But, yeah, I'm going with Tri. So... Hold on, let's reset my clock. Initially, Wex, I was going to say Triborn also because of all the same points that you just said. Getting called into the Olympics, right? Uh, he's experienced. He'll play both sides of the court. He can block. He can play defense. He can serve aces. He can dig. He can do everything, right? But for the sake of not taking the same player, I'm going to go with Kame Shulk, all mm. right? Throw a little bit of a wild card Baller. in there. 
serious blue collar baller that mm-hmm. can play offense, defense. He can block when needed. He's an Olympian for Canada. No big deal. Our neighbors to the north. Great attitude. He's a champion. He's won on the AVP with multiple partners. Had a great season. And I would pick him up if I needed a partner for sure. He can do everything well. I like that. Yeah. So let's yeah. do a round on the women. Uh, um, wow, you guys didn't need all the whole 60 seconds. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind. So uh, for my women, women was a really good, uh, really difficult choice because they're happy even because one, they're so evenly matched. Like it seems like anyone could beat anyone on any day. And if you remember the first six tournaments, there were six different winners and all that had to do had to do with last minute switches. So I'm going to go with Savvy Simo. Mm-hmm. Savvy Simo uh, had had a really good partner that was could have been our, our pick for newcomer of the year, right? She was well on her way. If you, uh, Tony uh, Tony um, uh, Rodriguez, yeah. Tony Rodriguez, mm-hmm. right? And had that that sad injury, uh, night you know nightlight spotlight, wa- you know watching her play at home against two other Louisianans, and yeah. she got hurt. But Savvy was with her, carried that. Savvy was with uh, Emily Day, carried that, and has managed to have a great. Uh, Heightened level of success with all of her partners in top top nine, if, and I think one top five finish. Though I will hi- uh, highlight Haley Harward, mm-hmm. our, our muscle woman, who not only not only is a good hit, hit woman for hire, but if you need her to sing the national anthem, <laughs> she's like boom in the home of the brave and land of the free. Good for her. Mm-hmm. And there's my horn and boom, Aaron Wexler, you go, buddy. All right. So I mentioned Sarah Hughes. Now Sarah Hughes is an absolute baller. She's a champion. Won Manhattan Open with Kelly Kalinske, um, but she can do everything. So recently I actually got a chance to uh, practice against her with Ty Trambley, shout out Ty Trambley. Um, and multiple wh- times for the record, I've seen you do Yeah, yeah, a couple times, times out there. Just once. Yeah. <laughs> but, but okay, so being on the court with Sarah um, and Kelly, but I'm talking Sarah right now, she's got this focus level that I've never really seen before. I've seen it in April Ross. I've seen it, I've seen it in April and Alex. Right, go obviously Olympic champions, but, but she's like lazy. But Sarah Hughes has like she's got this incredible, incredible ability to focus, to lock in, and perform at all the skills. She can do all the skills. She can do them well. She's got an extremely bright future. Watch out for her. And yeah. she's extremely competitive. Yep. Yeah, always has been. Yep. And I she's remember got... watching her grow up down in Huntington. <laughs> always been competitive. Yeah. There goes the horn. You can't hear it, but you can see the clock at zeros. Um, Maddie Pro. So I'm going to go with uh, Sarah Sponsel. Okay. I love the way Sarah Sponsel plays. Always has like a chip on her shoulder, right? Does everything really good. She's a tough server. She's got a variety of serves. Her setting, right, is amazing. She can go over on two. She's very deceptive. Great. Obviously, we all know how good she is on defense. All over the place. She's fast. And she's got an engine on her, like a motor, right? She just never runs out of gas, it seems like. So Sarah Sponsel is my hit woman. Nice. Cool. So I'm going to use the last 30 seconds to say engine, engine number nine on the New York Transit line. If my train falls off the track, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. That's Sarah Sponsor. You are right. I like the engine. I like the laser like focus you were talking about. And I like that you 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 kind of hinted that Sarah's lately has got a little dog in her. Oh, that man. little that little killer instinct because we got skill because of the, it was a college sport and, and a lot of these girls have this ruthless aggression but that dog that that thing that makes you feel sorry that you ever served them I only limited that to Kristen Nuss and mm. Betsy Flint you know like that Misty May type thing and and I didn't yeah. see that from any of them until 
we saw a little bit a little bit of that from Sarah this yeah, year yeah, and yeah. Sponsor. Sponsor, call think, me. Come on the podcast. I think Sarah Hughes is a little upset she wasn't in the Olympics. Oh and yeah. And there's some fuel oh, for sure. there for that fire for her in this quad. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. And and can we just talk about one thing for a second? Everybody can set. You mentioned Sarah Sponsor being a great setter and she's phenomenal. But right now, setting seems to be like this skill that everyone just said you know what i'm gonna get real good at that you notice that and they're all hand setting everyone's mm-hmm. hand setting man every single woman hand sets it's nuts a- and guys too there's a lot of guys that yeah. hand set too and, and you know i've i've uh you know i i really like that skill right i've one of, that's one of uh one of the skills that i've tried to perfect over the years as as a player myself but watching everyone right now i'm impressed yeah. and then we mentioned miles partain jump setting yeah. Right, you got jump setting out, but everyone can hand set. It's crazy. Yeah. But I'm more impressed on the women. The men, you've always seen people do the FBI catch and release, the international guys with the high hands. Um, but now, the now, I mean, back in the day, it was just Larissa. Remember yeah, in the yeah. Olympics, it right. was just yep. Larissa. Right. All the women would do was talk about her hands, hands right. this, hands that. And now, even at the junior scene. Right, I mean, you, you're, you as a club coach, we, we're one of the most elite clubs, in, uh, you know, uh, certainly on the West Coast, but in the United States. Um, it's a fun. It's a fun skill to practice because you know, as a kid, the hands are small, so it's like it's a little dip, more difficult. But it's fun. It's fun to say, hey, can you get the spin off the ball? Can you put it in the right spot? And I'm just, I'm impressed when I see these the pros just put up these like dimes. I'm like, dang. So last point on this one, right? Everybody remembers Misty May, mm-hmm. yes. All American indoor setter at long beach state right yeah top three goat yeah for sure comes out on the beach never handsets. yeah only bump yeah, sets, that's remember right. yeah her entire career that's and right now everybody is hand setting that's yeah. just how the game's evolved yeah. right it's, it's great yeah. to see the growth i think about our gold medal champs right they're predominantly bump setters too aren't they climbing and ross uh, Ross yeah. started using yeah. the hands at the end, yeah. but climbing was like no way in hell you silly this little younger shit. generation I, that has yeah. all these extra years of training they're all hand setting. I gotta mention try too. Try born again, like all this spin off a of dig, getting his hand set, getting yeah. his feet set, putting up sauce. I would also suggest that people are releasing the ball faster too. The faster the release is, the more the jump set can, becomes applicable. Like a lot of these guys that do a little catch and throw, good luck watching that hot mess in the air, take the ball and, and jump in the air and do this and that. See whatever. See how a referee feels about that. Hey, you know, <laughs> I know we got more things to talk about, but setting. Can we just talk a minute, one more minute about how to call a set? Look at Matt. He's down. Look at him. He's down. <laughs> no, Matt's because down. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm serious because like I don't even know what's good or bad anymore. Yeah. I think this is what I think happened, Matt, and I, I'm going to give you the floor. I think the referees have gotten together and unofficially said, you you will be the victim of your own standard. <laughs> if you choose to take it in and out, I'm judging you by spin. If you have a fast release, I'm going to forgive some, some spin. But uh, the referees, as a baseline, have all agreed uh, to teach the players that it's not how the set comes out. It's how it comes in. Okay. Which is fair. why on FIVB, you'll see, that they won't wait for the spin to blow the whistle. The whistle, the whistle on the double's blown right away. They're not waiting to see spin. Yeah. Maddie, I think, uh, Matt. Uh, I think, you know, from a viewer standpoint, everyone wants to see less whistle right. and less official referee involvement in the game. Right? Yeah. Leave it up to the players, okay? And if you have a new person watching the game and you see a referee blow the whistle and hold up two fingers, like, well, what's that mean? Right, right, right. Well, the set came out with some spin. Well, it's a ball. It's going to spin, right? <laughs> right. So I know on the international tour, they want to say as few whistles as possible. Right. And they were, they were, there was a lot of lifts being called because the ball was going too low, which I think is fair. So if you take it higher, like above your chin and quicker, it's going to be fair. Anything right. below your chin should be called a lift, right? Yeah. 
And if there's a little bit of spin, one rotation, big deal. That's not an advantage for the other team. No. It's, and the, it's fine. Now, if there's six rotations and it looks like complete hot mess, then, yeah, call the double. Like, right. have some standard, right? All right. I would also say go by your own rules. Like Connecticut, if one whole time, one whole rotation is a double, and we're like, fine. But then you do something that doesn't rotate, that spins a little, and they're calling a double. I'm like, you're trying to tell me that ball turned an entire time. That no, that ball didn't turn at all. Do you, do you realize how fast that ball has to turn to make a hole an entire time? So I'm like, um, one, check with your league, <laughs> right? Right, check, guys, check with your league because you know, Connecticut, they it is by spin one and a quarter times. Uh, CBVA, they actually handwritten in their rules to make sure, um, um you don't. Uh, receive server in an overhead set because that's not it's never been illegal it's only been illegal to double a carry it but mm-hmm. cbva is like no we got our own players refing games <laughs> right, right, right. we we need to move this along we're just writing into our rules right because that's what does pottstown rumble guys right side out big court 15 that's their rules sure. um a, a donald son uh a scoring freeze no let serve on match point sure that's the league. That's the Fair. rules. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I for, for me, I would just say check your league. All right. Don't make me call Dave Carson because the last <laughs> time we had this conversation, I had Jeff Samuels and Doc Vandermeer, and I got on the phone and we and we live <laughs> on the live podcast, and Dave Carson answered questions for 25 minutes. Stood tall. Last thing I want to say about that. Please. Yeah. Is that I think in the next season, the AVP should just take a moment in the middle of a match or maybe prior to a match and just go over that with everybody. Just go over it. This is what it looks like. Cause you can't see it on TV. You can't see it. You have to, like a player can see it, but a, you know, a spectator can't see it. And then you have to trust the, the, um, the announcers, which, you know, Dane and Cameron do a great job, but I'm just saying like, let's go over that. So everyone knows, you know? Yeah. Matt's taking notes. It's like, all right. So that's what I'm going to say on my next, whatever. <laughs> Cause it's so quick, you know, it's it just is so, quick. It's so it quick. is quick. And part of it is a judgment call also yeah. mm-hmm. by the referee, depending on it how good or bad he thinks the double contact yeah. is. Right. So I think volleyball needs to eliminate the judgment calls because it's not black and white. There should be a standard. There yeah. needs to be a standard. Yeah, yeah. I, I would also say welcome to the, the the realm of mainstream sports, right? How many times you see LeBron walk up the court literally holding the ball before he dribbles and a ref's just like, ah, it's all right. I didn't see it. You know, so there's some things where they they kind of swallow their whistle. Um, Matt, um, Matt, you remember back? Um, you go. You can go back and deal with me in the 2008 Olympics against Russia. Uh, USA is up like 13, 12, and that guy backs at the ball. Mm-hmm. Literally, yeah. the, the, uh, I remember. I, don't, I forget how it was. It was Kevin Barnett or Paul Sunderland. He said that was a chuck. <laughs> Just, you know, but David Lee ended up finishing it with like a kill. Right. Yeah, and then a block to yeah. finish the game on yeah. on their oppo, no less. So so great conversation about hands. And that's what this podcast is about, because I know the comment section is going to light <laughs> up, gentlemen. All right. So now topic number three, gents. A one one a young player came up to me and asked me, it says, um, Jay. How do you get to the next level in the sport? You know, because you see coaches coaching people in the main draw. You see people coaching players into the main draw. The partains that was Jeff Alzina. Uh, um, if you remember, you know, I myself coached Earl and Jake into one into, in 2019. So I looked at this young player and I said, come here. Closer, get closer. Get a coach. <laughs> get a coach. Because some, some of these guys, they get so good so fast, they think they got it all figured out. So I said at the elite level, everyone has pretty good good coaches and some have great ones. So this topic is geared 
to highlight and salute all of the coaches' work collectively, but at the same time, pick one who we feel is Coach of the Year, this year, 2022. So, Matt, Aaron, who is your Coach of the Year? Matt, uh, you go first. So, on the men's side, my Coach of the Year is a former player. I think former players make great coaches. Okay. Some of them we do. can dive into that. Some of them do, sure. Yeah. Some maybe not so much, but you know. Ask Isaiah um, Thomas. But this guy's been coaching for a long time and coaching other things other than just volleyball. He was a semi-professional tennis player, I think, for a little bit. He actually tried to play beach volleyball for Czech Republic. He tried to change nationalities, even though he's born and raised in San Diego. His mom's been a longtime personal trainer. So my coach of the year is Mike Playcheck, right? For Paul Lotman and Miles Partain. Guy had his team to eight top tens in the season. Uh, a championship, right? Multiple finals. And you could tell that Paul and Miles and Mike made a great team together that we're all on the same page, very analytical. Mike's analytical. You can tell Miles is analytical. And I know Paul Lawman. I've known him for a long time. I used to coach him. And so I know he bought into it right away too. So. I like it. And with 23 seconds left, I'd like to highlight that um, Miles Partain's uh, at age 15, his first main draw, he had to beat Playcheck and martyr take the the game before the play-in i'm sure they've so, talked about the that guy that the guy who winds up as coach is the guy he beat uh on his path to his first main draw at 15 years old with his brother no less who, who was 17. um who do you got coach man, of the year i gotta give love to mike playcheck too man that's he, he's a he's a good dude and just talk about analytical yeah he knows the game um the coach of the year for me on the guy's side is the coach for trevor and try uh, leandro leandro yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know too much about him, but like, like we said before, to, to win two titles in the same year is very impressive. Winning once is extremely difficult. Winning twice is even more challenging. So I got to give love to him for that. For what it, whatever he's doing with those guys is working. Um, so uh, kudos to him. And then on the girls' side, I am a little biased. Evie Matthews, a uh, friend of mine. Uh, I've, been on the, I've been on the court with him. I've seen the way he works. Um, you know, when he won the Manhattan Open, you know, with Kelly Kalinske and Sarah Hughes, and, and that's that's huge. And I'm super actually I'm super happy for him. But talk about a guy who's dedicated, who's passionate, who thinks about the game, the sport. I've I've had hour conversations with him about the game, about drills, about different little idiosyncrasies about the game. I just love his his passion. So I'm I gotta give love to Evie. So your your men your men's is Leandro. Mm-hmm. And your women's is, is heavy. All right, pause the clock. Rewind. Oh, man, so much to unpack here, guys. But I'm, I'm, this is why I'm doing one minute, because I could talk all day. I think I speak for all three of us on that. So on the men's side, I, I, it was really, really tough. But I had to go with Leandro because, um, as you mentioned, great coaches, players make good coaches. I thought Jose Loyola, I never really considered him like a real coach, but I consider him a winner. Um, he knows how to win, and he showed that with Reed Pretty and, Tre- and Trevor for Trevor uh, Trevor's first, the never Trevor's first um, Manhattan Beast. So he's etched with an, an Olympic gold medalist. Uh, but when Leandro took over, and when I saw Hagen Smith and Dietrich, the 16 beat the one, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. But Try and Trevor had a trust system. They were uh, Men, it's really, really hard to give up control to someone that doesn't have star power. Um, like Leandro did at the time, but his star power is good, is big now, and they trusted him. They won two out of three gold series, and now every time you go to a tournament, you're not saying any any men's team can win this. You're like, this is the heavy favorite going in, and I never had that sense with, with Try and Trevor when um, they 
when um when Loyola was a coach. I, I never I never had them as heavy favorites. Could they win like everybody else? Yes. Women's side really quick because I ran out of time. Got to give it to the girls at Twenty Fourth Street. Scott Davenport, big up to you, man. Mm. Make sure you you keep exercising. Don't be a fat coach, all right? Uh, but to do that, win Hermosa Beach. Therese Cannon, right? Sarah Sponsel. You knew their competitors. You knew their ballers, but you never, no one in the world picked them to to pick to, to, to win her most of each except themselves. But Lee System, congratulations, Sponsel and, and Cannon. Congratulations, Scott Scott Davenport. This is the Option Podcast, and we love you. I got to throw in my co-coach yes, of the year for two. the women's side because I didn't, I didn't go there yet. You guys named both of them. Co-coaches, also two of my former partners, I must say. Evie Matthews, right, did a great job a winning, winning uh, Manhattan, right, with his crew, uh, Hughes and Kalinske. That's a massive win for them. And mm-hmm. Evie has worked extremely hard. He's worked with John Hyden in the past. I mean, you've been around that group for a long time. Yep. He, he worked with John and Tri when they were first partnering up. Yep. So, you know, talk about rewards for your, your work, right, paying off down the road. But then also for Scott Davenport, He's my co-coach of the year on the women's side because of Sponsel and Skulls, right? Um, sorry, Cannon. Yeah. But also because he coaches uh, Theo Brunner and Came Shaw, who, who also won, won in Hermosa. Yes. Um, so Scott and I played a little bit too in 09, but I know he's been coaching a lot ever since he kind of hung up the boardies and retired from playing. Um, so those two guys are doing great things on the coaching side for the women. Now, we all live in the South Bay, but honestly, if there's anything – that anyone consider would consider the home team in a home game. <laughs> that was that was kind of like Brenner and Chalk and yeah. Sponsel and and Cannon who stopped tipping. Her your name is Cannon, not not right, not <laughs> not not um not Therese Shot. And finally, my last point about the Hawaiian Brazilian coaching player connection mm. of Born and Crab yeah. with whoever their Brazilian coaches mm-hmm. stay with it because right. it works right. right. Yeah. Hey, I got to say one more thing about the coaching. So, you know, we all we all know this. Coaching's hard, right? Coaching's hard. And for the listeners like who, who are like, oh, okay, yeah, you just go tell a couple guys who to serve. No, it's so much more than that. And all these coaches that we just mentioned, they put their heart and soul into this. And it's really cool to see it pay off. And, you know, and and as coaches, you know, you, you take a team on a journey, right? And you grind it out day after day. And you look at tape and you think about them all the time and try to figure out what to do, what to say uh, to make them better, right? And so for all those names that we just mentioned, huge congrats because you guys did the right thing at the right time. Yeah. And it's, the, it's all the difference in the world. Now... now People are not filling out each other till the technical timeout. Now you're watching these teams get after it from point one. And this is how you keep the old fans staying at the court and not leaving the court. This is how you get new fans who are walking by. This looks interesting. I want to stay and watch. Next thing you know, everyone's staying and watching. And I yeah. I always use this as an example. Qatar, that exhibition game I taped. Qatar, mm-hmm. um, Qatar against you, uh, Try and Trevor. Yeah. Practice game. No refs. Yeah. Nothing. No money at stake. From point one. Yeah. All the way to 17-15. Just. Right. Man, just getting after it. Like yeah. someone said something about someone's mother or something. But it was you, but, crazy. But, but the coaching, you know, and, and Matt, I would love you to, I'd love to hear you speak to this, is yes. I think it's so cool to see the coaches actively involved in games now, right? Like, yes. definitely timeouts, yeah, but like, you know, you, you see Scott Davenport, like, give some yeah. direction here and there. And I'd love to get them mic'd up for next season. I would love to hear some of that stuff. Those little small little coaching directors. I don't know if you'd be able to keep everything mic'd up. You have to have a buzzer to that's fine though. That, <laughs> blank that's it out. fine. But, but I love that. I, I think agree it's great. with you. I think on the AVP, it's awesome that the coaches are in the box. They change sides. Yeah. They get moments to speak to their team because it is a team sport. 
And I wish the FIVB would allow coaches into the player boxes on the beach. Tour Why don't because they? Honestly, I have no idea. They're, they're uh, kind of following a tennis format. If yeah, you but think about it. You like tennis, tennis. You get in trouble for coaching, you know. But, it, but it, it, it's not tennis. It's volleyball. They need to have the players need coaches in their box. It's a team sport. Yeah. Tennis is a single sport. Gotcha. I mean, you doubles. Right. Okay, those th- that's like you know doubles for hire, right? right? You play with a person that you can win with. Beach volleyball, it's a team game. Like 100%. you need to have a coach there. Like, I would love to see a challenge. <laughs> have a coach have a like in football throw a, throw a flag and challenge <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> The challenge system, that's I mean, a whole other thing. But. In that case, you definitely have to be mic'd up because you want to hear what they have to say a before yeah. before they yeah. throw the challenge, right? <laughs> oh, you got to be sh- Yeah, throw it. Throw <laughs> so, it. You're going to have to have dedicated audio people. On I love the, it. Oh, no, we buzzer. need that. I think we need that as a sport. We need more spice. Yeah. I was mic'd up for like a city college documentary. I was a head coach there. And after the first set, they took the mic. Off. <laughs> they took the mic off of me. I, I, would dude, love to I, see, I was a New Yorker. I would love dude. to see earpieces and mics on the coaches for the whole match so that the box could go down to the coach and do like a pre like a mid-match interview. Right. Without yeah, like exactly. without a microphone going back and forth, but just say, Coach, like what were you thinking on that play? What was the yeah. goal right there? And get yeah. the, the in match emotions, right? Yeah. Is what I could imagine, important. dude. I'm, well, we don't have any Popoviches. We got people that are accommodating, right? It's like, what do you want to do next set? Play better. <laughs> you know, that's that's Popovich. Or be like, I don't know, Jeff Van Gundy, I don't know. I I'm not gonna waste time talking to you. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna take my time and talk to them. It's a tricky you it's know? a tricky line to walk, right? Because yeah, yeah. like uh, I interviewed some coaches at the indoor world championships where between sets two and three I would interview both coaches. Because right? there's a ten minute gap, right? Is there like no. a bigger gap between no, two? No, not indoors. Oh, okay. Sorry, uh, go ahead. But they wanted to get, you know, information from the coaches and the coach that was losing, they didn't want to talk. They were like, What do you want to know? Like right. ask hurry up, like let's go. And it was it was like forced, right? right. And the so, coach that was winning was like, "Yeah, okay, cool. Like, this is what we're trying. To, yeah, we got to pass the ball. We keep serving tough. Our block's got to be, you know, it's all cliche stuff." Human right? nature. You love. Yeah. We got to love human nature, right? Who the hell wants to talk when you're losing? Right. <laughs> but but so engagement is the key, right? And I, and I think yeah. we'll talk about more AVP stuff later. But I would love to get more engagement from the fans. Maybe there's a coaching uh, little thing that we could talk about. Hey, you right. know, what do you guys want to see? Should we serve try more? You know, right. like things right. like that. Write that down because. I do want us to talk about that. Yeah. I want to finish this, but I, that right. that is a very no because that's a conversation we had before. Yes, it is. That I, I I'd like to bring to Matt and and, right, and, cool. and the three of us right. along with uh, thousands and thousands of people who are going to be listening to this. Cool. Uh, um, Let me see that pen. Well, well, <laughs> we'll have an opinion too. Definitely. Hey, let's get to topic four. Yeah. So, topic four. 2022 has been a magical year for the men's and women's season on the domestic tour. For the women. Going into Chicago, there have been different teams that won every championship at every pro stop. Where the men, there were multiple semifinals with appearances by the usual suspects. So, gentlemen, and this is where Aaron Wexler goes first, my man A. Wex. Who is your team? He's like, do I got to go first? Why are you going to let me go first? Who is your team of the year, Wex? Let's start with the men. Okay, well, try and Trevor. They won twice, right? I mean, for me, it's kind of simple, but... I also want to throw in Miles, Miles Partain and Paul Lottman just because of their ability to uh, to play at such a, a continual high level. All right. So I want to talk about both. So try and Trevor. 
I mean, consistently up in the mix in the championships, right? And and then Trevor for his guarantees, right? <laughs> like to be able to guarantee wins and back it up, that that's that says a lot. And we we already talked about their coach and we talked about um, you know, their success, but they 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 got to get recognized for winning twice. Um, and then I just I just got to finish my thought on Miles and and Paul. I mean, fun to watch. Fun to watch as a team. And you know, it's it seems like uh, it seems like Paul's game has increased quite a bit. I mean, just to see him out there at playing at that level, I'm very happy for him actually. And they got a bright future. Oh, right did you see the time, time in? Right on time. Well <laughs> Even played, he heard sir. the horn without <laughs> the headset. <laughs> uh, Matt, you're gonna back clean up on this. I'll go next, okay? Sure. Uh, so for me, gentlemen, uh, for team of the year for the men, as we start my clock, because I uh, yak yak yak. Uh, my men of, men's team of the year is Try and Trevor. I believe they won two, two that I remember. I, they might have won a third somewhere else, but I don't remember where. Uh, so it's a pretty obvious pick because they've always been, they've always come in at the number one seed. And like you said, I know it costs nothing to predict that you're going to win, but if you win, it, it's it's like five more times the impact. And there's something to be said about a team that bets on himself and finds ways to win and do. Uh, Trevor, I, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a little biased because I'm um, I'm a purist of the sport, but I do have my favorites, and Trevor Crab happens to be one of them along with Eric Baranek and um, 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 someone else I can't even remember. Uh, on the women's side, it, man, it was a wash until the end, right? You had one one dif- a different team win every title, every every tournament right. going into Chicago. But you got to give it to the girls in Louisiana, man. Yeah. The girls back clean up. Yeah. Uh, gold series, the lowest they finished with, was fifth. So, I mean, and somehow... Some way, when it comes down to them and someone else, they know it's they know it's they know it's gonna be them, and they they batted clean up in Chicago. They went in convincing fashion, the same way they started the season in Austin. That's make uh, mine, Nuss. make mine, Kristen Nuss, and allow me to yeah. introduce myself. My name is Clove. Matt. So you guys make valid points about trying Trevor, but I'm actually gonna go against it. And I'm actually going to say that I think I that think they I know had, it is. I think they had a bit of a disappointing season, actually. If I'm Trevor or Try, I think they had a, uh, not not they didn't live up to their own expectations, which are high. So they won twice. Congratulations! But they lost in a 16 seed in most of my guys. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so two teams stand out to me. All right, Came Schalk and Theo Brunner. Okay. And also Paul Lottman and Miles Partain. Now Schalk and Brunner, I think, were the leading money winners for the season because they were consistent. Right, I think I I don't have that on. I could I could be wrong. Four finals appearances, so but they were consistent. That's pretty good. However, my team of the year is Lotman and Partain. Yeah. Okay, because of what they did, their body of work. Right, eight top ten finishes all season. Right, Miles Partain, the MVP of the season. Paul Lotman, I mean, arguably could be most improved. Yeah. Um, what he did and how he was able to kind of not. I don't want to say like chauffeur or be like the chaperone, right, for Miles Partain, but just how they worked so well together, making, you know, finals, semis, and then finally getting that victory. In the yeah. I'm going to give you another minute for the women, but I do want to highlight the man, uh, how about three finals appearances with t- Taylor and Taylor, right, who um, flew under the radar. And I, I'll have this whole conversation about how nobody gives a shit about second place. But, but, Let's go another. I want, yeah, I want your women. So for my women, no, it's it. uh, Kelly Chang and Betsy Flint. Mm-hmm. Very, very consistent. Again, their body of work over this season 
was was top notch. I don't I don't think they finished outside of the the top three, a third place all season long. I could be mistaken, maybe a fifth, but they were extremely consistent throughout the entire year. Plus, they went overseas and played in Europe where they got some gold medals, the Elite 16s. Those were long events. And then they came right back to the States and took care of business on the AVP. So they had a really good season. Kelly Chang doing what she does with her option play. Betsy Flynn having a bit of a renaissance after you know um, becoming a mother. Uh, it, was, it was a good story for those two. And so they're my women's team of the year. Yeah, I'm checking the stats for us right now as as you finish as we finish our countdown on your diatribe. Um, eight appearances, there's one one championship, three seconds, um, three thirds, and once uh, uh, we're this you know aberration at seventh. But you're right, seven of the eight stops they were third place or higher. Very, very, very good. First, second, third, right there. Look at that. I like that. Cool. But I. Uh, I wanted to talk before we go into our next topic about just highlighting some of these people like like you said came in, came shock and Theo Brenner who are always there at the scene of the crime yeah. and for us to remind people that making the championship and failing is not is 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 a difficult thing for the people who made it that far and lost but should not be ignored for everybody else they had to beat and all all of the all of the trees they had to chop down just to yeah. get there right sure. so highlighting Taylor and Taylor Congratulations to you guys. Highlighting Theo and Kane. Congratulations to you. Congrat highlighting uh, Gina Yarango and Skulls, who on, on some of the small tours as well as the big ones have been at the scene of the crime. Good for you guys. Good for all Chang and Flint, like you like we just said, no no lower than third, seven of the eight stops. Mm -hmm. So but yeah, and, and that kind of sucks, right? Like Karch what? Karch and um Kent? Yeah, 196, right? Mm -hmm. Who remembers Mike Dodd and, and Whitmarch? God rest his soul. Nobody remembers Silver, right? USA won the gold. Who remembers Juba and Dante outside of 2004? Uh, no one remembers second place except fanatics and absolute volleyball nerds, which all happen to be in this room. <laughs> now, let me jump in for a second. So you mentioned Taylor and Taylor. Yeah. We, we didn't really talk about the best player. No, that's last. We haven't gotten there yet. Okay. That's all right, last. All right, all right. Gun all right. My bad. My bad. Ah. Well, okay. Then I'll, then I'll hold back. But I do want to mention those guys as a team because... They stay consistent. I love how you mentioned Theo and Kane. Consistency is huge, right? Uh, but Taylor and Taylor, they peaked at the right time. They won the championship. They really you know? did. You got to give them love for that. They yeah. deserve love. Yeah, but it was an indoor event. I <laughs> but you, you, <laughs> you, you, you opened yourself up to it. I mean, Wex, only okay? six teams. <laughs> only six right? teams, but the, the top six teams and air-conditioned win. Air-conditioned win. <laughs> And like I said before, guys, this isn't the AVP uh, deep sand only uh, uh, where there's water and waves championship. No, it's a beach volleyball How championship. How many matches does it have to Don't give him an asterisk. Three Do not give him an asterisk. How much money is the same money same in Chicago? Money. I'm a pure matches. beach guy too, guys, but don't give him an asterisk. They won the championship. They peaked at the right Absolutely. time. Absolutely. No, when, when they had to, I definitely 100%. I want to see where they finish in Chicago. No, not Chicago. Atlanta. That was a gnarly finish. You see it? Seven. Okay, seven. Right there. I just want to get Taylor Crabbe's finishes. Look at that. So, where are we? Sorry. So, okay, eight tournaments, three seconds, mm -hmm. two thirds, and one first. So, six out of the eight stops. And they, they finished no lower. The season. It's so weird. I mean, that's a good, that's very respectable. Yeah. For, especially for, you know, Taylor Crabb, who's blocking part of the time now a little bit. <laughs> and get, he and gets getting blocks, some blocks. Yeah, he gets right. blocks. 
um, but also for Taylor Sander in his first year on the beach. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, guys. So since we're steering into this conversation, everything said way by the genius of Matt Prosser and Aaron Wexler. <laughs> they're, they're steering me this direction where the wheel is now mine again, where I will drive us to our final topic. Okay, this year, let's, excuse me. This is the player of the year discussion. This is sometimes decided by looking at a leaderboard. Sometimes you look at a leaderboard and it makes mathematical sense. This is also decided by one's eye test. And I definitely got enough years of experience uh, 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 as far as the, the men in the room. All, all three of us have coached. All three of us have commentated. Both of you guys have played at the high-level beach. I'm an, indoors, I'm an indoor um, hack, so I, I, don't, I don't apply. I will defer to you guys on that. Um, on the other hand, to coaches like Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are. He's a cold fish. He's the big tuna. But on my end, I, um, I think I'm going to go first on this one. No, I'll go last on this one because I'm the only one of the three of us that let the fans vote. I let the fans decide who the 2022 player of the year is, okay? Matt, you're going to lead the charge on this. Matt Prosser, 60 seconds. Who is your 2002 male and female? Do you, let's just do male. Well, let's take the time. Let's start with the minute and see where we go. Who's your male player of the year? So my player of the year, not a real big surprise, is going to be Miles Partain. He's 20 years old. The kid can't even drink the beer that he wins <laughs> at the championship <laughs> ceremony. He gives it to his partner, Paul Lottman, to drink the beer for him. I mean, talk about discipline, right? Blue collar, kid just – no. I want to change that. He's not a kid, right? right. He's a champion. The kid's been playing. <laughs> the kid's been playing for a couple of years, right? He comes out of the out of Westwood. He's following all these other setters that have come through UCLA volleyball. Guys like Karch Karai, Sinjin, Ricky Ludis, uh, Brandon Taliaferro. All these dudes have gone on to play on the beach. Stein Metzger, don't forget about him. And now he's doing it, right? Statistically, he's up at the top in all the major categories. But really, it's like the intangibles for me. The fact that he's left-handed. Changes up the angles. There's not a real. There's not a lot of left-handed hitters right now. But his jump setting, his option play, his ability to set his partner, who by the way was an Olympian outside hitter, pretty good combination, right? And, so and he's humble. And he's extremely humble. Yeah. So it's not just the numbers for me, but also the intangibles for Miles as MVP. So wow, you did a combination of the ma of the mathematics and what your two eyes can see as a vet. I like that. Hey, we consider experience experience, Maddie. There you go. Uh, Wex. Ooh, a little bit of a tough one. For the men. We're just doing men. Yeah, a little bit of a tough one because I really like what you said about Miles. I'm a fan. I love watching him play. And I agree with pretty much everything you said. But when you talk about player of the year, so my mind goes to who wins, right? Who's, who's on the leaderboard? And then the eye test that you mentioned, Jason. And I didn't think I was going to say this, but, you know, now looking at the charts, you know, this guy's leading in kills. He's leading in digs. He won the championship. I'm going with Taylor Crabb. Now, he didn't have the best year on the year, right? But, I mean, to have the most kills, that means he got served the most. That means he had to pass the best, right? He had to lead his team. He had to he had to kind of help uh, Taylor Sander out on the beach, right? Become a, a all-around beach player. He had to stay cool. And he had to pick it up at the right time. And all these digs, 380 digs, 693 kills, winning the championship, Taylor Crabb. And he's a pretty good, uh, 
he can step up if someone wants to challenge him like <laughs> one player did. That was a funny Paul, thing. Let's talk about boy, needs a, boy needs a bodyguard. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to back down. Dude, that's that chihuahua on the leash saying, boy, you are so lucky. If I wasn't on this leash, what? <laughs> All right, guys, my turn. So, Aaron, I understand the concept of you being conflicted and changing your mind because for me, my mind, I change my mind about as much as I change my underwear. And if you live in a hot, sticky place like New York, that's like five times a day. So I had, to, I, I allowed the, uh, um, uh, this path for me to save me from myself. So I had you guys. The Volleyball Nation, my loyal fans, my followers, my players, uh, uh, my, my hacks, my, my coaches, my commentators um, decide to vote uh, um, for Player of the Year. And uh, 150 votes in, Miles Parchain was so far ahead, I stopped counting. So our, our Player of the Year. Uh, is going to be Miles Partain. Miles Partain, like you said, in many statistical categories, is top five, if not top two. And if you look at efficiency, like, uh, you know, digs, uh, kills per game, digs per game, when you actually talk about the per game stat, it's even tighter, it's even higher. He leads the league in humility. He leads the league in uh, tech, high, high, high um, technical uh, uh, prowess, not to mention his his mental acumen and his IQ is years ahead of him. And, and Cameron Ir Irwin had like the moment of her life when she said, he, he they gave him a white claw, but he can't drink it. And I was like, Cameron, you're awesome. Cameron, you're awesome. This is that was that was a Cameron moment because I always thought she was pretty decent. Not with Barnett, but pretty decent. Uh, um, and that was so great because like you guys said, the guy's not old enough to drink, but he can be my general any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Miles Partain. So I got to mention his transition offense, right? Because I told you I'm a fan. I, I Look, I've, I've been on the court with him too. And, and me and Travis Schoonover would help train him. And we were like, man, this guy's got a future. But the way that he can dig a ball, wait for the set, stay behind it, and bring thunder in transition. I've never really seen anyone else do that as consistently as he can do that. I've only seen John Mayer do it, uh, 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 yeah. who happens to be lefty too. I was going to say John yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. This guy, he's this methodical approach, that little good, better, best. And then you're like, all right, I think I could dig this. But then when he swings, what the hell is, where the hell did that come from? And, and, and there's also something about him as a fan that makes you want to root for him. Oh, right. Since he was 15 years yeah, old. There, there's yeah. something about him that, you know, maybe it's the humility, maybe it's his athletic ability, maybe it's all the, the whole combination, but you want him to do well. Right. Right. Humility is a great way to say it. He's very likable. Right. Yeah. I think people, you know, he's he's not a firecracker. He's not going to lose his head. He's not going to yell at the referee. Yeah. He's a good partner, a good teammate. He's coachable, clearly. Like all those things that you would expect from a 20 year old, right, yeah. who's still relatively young. When you look at a guy like Trevor Crabb, who's popping off at everybody, right? Maybe not always going to get the fans behind his back, other than you know, a, a few special ones, right? Yeah. So, you know, again, the intangibles and the humility, like you said, are, are big keys here. Anyway. We all watch enough wrestling where you you're gonna pay money to 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 see is this the guy this day lose is this the day this guy loses so I can cheer for the other guy too so Taylor and anyone whose last name is Crab is definitely doing their part. <laughs> but I was also gonna say when he won was that Atlanta they won yeah okay when he won he it was kind of funny watching him yeah we mentioned the drinking part but he wasn't even really excited that he was like yeah yeah that was yeah. good. 
You know, because he was still in game mode. He looked like he wanted yeah. to keep playing. He, he yeah. was still in game mode, yeah. right? He's and, like, and he's so analytical, guys. He breaks the game down. I actually did the BCAP with him, the BCAP certification mm-hmm. program, yeah. and he was in there asking questions to Patty Dodd left and right, and he just he wanted to know. Like that's what makes him, I think, real special as a as a volleyball mind, yeah. right? Because he absorb. He just wants to absorb the game. But you you're know? right. In Atlanta, it looked like he was. It was a timeout, and he was talking to his coach. He was still in game mode. <laughs> Guys, I went to New Orleans, right? And I saw a roach so big. Uh, when I stepped on it, I was so scared of the, the, the sight of this. I killed it after the second stomp. I stomped like eight more times because I was in game mode. I had my game face on stomping that roach, such as Miles Partain. <laughs> and, so, and, 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 yeah, yeah. And on the, on the, uh, the leaderboards here, he's right behind Taylor Crabb. Right, he's second in kills, yeah. but first in kills per set. Okay, yeah. and second in digs. Yeah, right. Which and is... first, but first in, in digs per set. Is he? <laughs> I'll show you right wow. here. I actually have a a, a, a raw stat. I'd on. love to Let's see. Let's put his... it on the big screen for a second. So kills per set, he's first. Wow. And digs per set. When you we've we've passed all these people that only played like. 11 sets he's 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 actually one ahead of taylor so but that's, taylor's been really ahead, one ahead of him but taylor crab i didn't my personal bias like i he's he might be having this jordan effect he has these mvps every year that someone that stands out on the same level as him we we tend to lean towards him so i definitely wanted to give taylor a big shot he's not even my favorite crab trevor is but um i had to give taylor a shout out uh because of the things he does every year that's worthy of an mvp conversation i remember 1993 when barkley got the mvp barkley gave it to him because Bar- they gave it to barkley because it was his best year but Jordan still still had the numbers, <laughs> right? Jordan could have still won. So Taylor Crab does everything great. Yeah. He yeah. does. Yeah. Name so, name a skill he doesn't do great. Even blocking. Tell you what, we can name that later. We, we still gonna do. We still <laughs> on the court, dude. Can't do I, honestly, I we knew it was kind of a two horse race between the two of them. Though we got to give respect to our to Phil, who like enlisted the hitman for hire and won a title. Um, enlisted Casey. Let's let's ride off into the sunset together a little bit. Play a little doubles together. Always at the scene of the crime at the end. So big up to Phil, who's worthy of the conversation. Big up to volleyball coaches and trainers who gave Phil love on the voting board, like on the voters or whatever. So good for them. Let's go to the women. Um, wait, wait, sorry, Jason. Can we just take one minute to talk about Casey Patterson? We could do it after we do it to women. After? All right. Yeah, he, I mean, he ain't we, a player. He, he can join the retiree group along <laughs> with he, uh, Nicholas Senna. He deserves a, a minute, for Dude, sure. Do you, you're the one with the pen. All right. So don't make me steal your pen. No, because there are two different things I'm definitely thinking Matt's right, interested cool. in uh, talking about at the end. Okay. So, Wex, um, you go first, then... Matt, you go second, and I'll go last on this one. I'll clean up. Oh, sorry. Can you change it to the women? Yeah, let's yeah. do that. I like the women because now, uh, our, our big board can show um, more acute statistics, but we, we have them. Guys, I printed them for everybody, for everybody listening. Every It looks like a war room in here, for Christ's sakes, and it's hot like a war room. I'm glad you, you guys are all short sleeve. <laughs> so um, who is your female player, Mr. Wexler? of 2022 so watching Kristen Nuss play I mean she's a baller she can play at a high level she can do everything on the court her speed her IQ something that uh it doesn't show on the leaderboards is is volleyball IQ and she has it she's got a very high IQ she's up there for me guys I mean and she's just fun to watch um 
I'm always going to be a fan of Sarah Hughes. She's in there. She's in that conversation. But I think for this season, I'm going to go with Kristen Nuss. Nice. I tried try to speed the clock up on this one. <laughs> uh, Maddie Pro. So, yeah, I like looking at the stats here, right? But on the women's side, it's a little bit different because there you have that group of blockers, right? And then you have the group of diggers. And blocking is an immediate – terminal blocks is an immediate point score, right? A dig doesn't always lead to a point, right? Now, you always have to have a great defender, obviously, and Nuss is a great defender. But for me, as a former blocker, I tend to gravitate towards blockers as MVP players, right? So for me, the MVP this year is Kelly Chang, okay? Mm. If you look at her hitting percentage, it's near the top. You look at her blocks, it's near, it's near the top. She's fifth in terminal blocks. But again, something that's not on the stats is deflections, right? And deflections mm. very often lead to at least an attack attempt, which could turn out to be a point, right? Um, and then service aces. Kelly Chang leads the tour in service aces and in kills. So those two instant point scoring opportunities, plus her blocking, um, and now with her experience, and then put, paired together with her finishes through the season with Betsy, she's my MVP. You know, um, I'm very, for myself, I'm very, very, very surprised to find that I find myself in a two-horse race with so many worthy candidates, right? Taryn Cloth has been a fantastic hitting percentage person, and she's only been a high hitting percentage person because they never serve her partner because her partner is better, who's actually like almost a whole foot shorter, right? And one's five, six, one's six, five. They look like mother and daughter walking together for Christ's sakes. So, but take... <laughs> To, I, but I got to take into consideration everything you talked about. The two fastest ways to score a point is, a, is an ace and a block. All right. And you take um, this individual we're talking about. Um, I pick her. I pick Kelly Chang and I'm with you on that. Because if you look at um, aces per set and if you look at total aces, she's only ahead of her partner, <laughs> Betsy Flint, who's always in, who's always going to be in the top three in, 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 in aces per set because John Mayer, who was, the, who was Betsy's coach at the time, and, and um, he's all about that serve. You, you go to the LMU practices, that's all, that's all they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So my heart and my love cannot ignore Kristen Nuss. Um, um, my my head and my hand is forced to give the MVP the most of the player of the year to the woman who deserves it the, deserves it the most and that's Kelly Chang. But I would I'm going to give you the floor because I know you got something to say. Um, I would like to highlight Kristen Nuss because as juniors coaches, and I'll do a uh, single camera for me on this. As juniors coaches. You always have these coaches that line up these girls against the wall. You're tall. You're too tall. You're not going to play this. You'll never do this. You'll never do that. No, you're not an outside hitter. No, let's let's save all your time and you you do libero. You know the the this this is why this is why nobody respects our profession because you got these 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 glorified babysitters standing in front of the parade if the girl's good and if she's not then she never was right <laughs> and you got this girl that's five six in the land where everyone says only big people are supposed to be the bigger people the bigger they are the bigger they are in this land of mythical giants and you look at these mvp candidates and these mvp winners it's always a normal sized person taylor Krabs could be mvp every year he was 2013 player of the year at long beach state yeah. the 2016 rio olympics bruno Oscar Schmidt was the MVP, graciously listed at six feet. We know he ain't six feet tall. You send next <laughs> to that guy, right? So, so I wanted to not forget this person, um, Kristen Nuss, who speaks, who is not. She doesn't mean to. She's just out there balling, right? Just doing her thing. But who, who is a voice for a lot of these girls who um, 
who've been kicked around because they're shorter and, and have to run 150 meters for the 100 meter dash. But at the same time, I have to finish a sentence. Can, Kelly, Kelly Chang, you are a G. You're a boss. And that's, that's all I wanted to say about that. Yeah. No, I'm glad you mentioned that because at 5'6", to be in the conversation and to have the season that she did, it's impressive. And, you know, she exudes confidence, which is, uh, you know, as a juniors coach and a leader of an organization, that's what we're looking for. That's what we're trying to, you know, help promote in a, a, a young person is to let their confidence come out. Let them be more and more confident about who they are as a person, not just as a player, but who they are as a person. But Nuss, at 5'6", doing what she does on the court, moving like a cat out there, I mean, putting the ball down, doing everything. I mean, she's got skills, yeah. you know, and it's real, it's real, it was really fun to watch her play this year. And the fans gravitate towards her, too. Yes. Yeah, another she, fan she, another she one. She wins the fans over because of her work effort yeah. and how hard she plays defense. Yeah. She, well, first of all, quick as a cat, I say meow, business pro, meow. All right. So, but like you said, her fan, their fan base. Nola, New Orleans versus all y'all. I don't know if you saw that hat. New Orleans versus all y'all. Uh, they had this fan base that was loyal when they were in college, when no one knew who they were. And you as an FIVB commentator um, will be the first to say that they have 10 different stories to tell outside of the domestic scene. Remember Australia? Yep. Right? Yep. Australia, no FIVB points. They get the last spot in the qualifier, qualify win. Right, they go to Turkey, yeah. win. They go to um, uh, Brazil, you know what I'm saying? Top five, and then their first gold series, qualif. They have to qualify, main draw, win. Yeah, you know. Um, before we move on, I do want to say that the the top four players were Chang and, Chang and Flint, and Cloth and Nuss, and they happen to be on the same team. And the only difference between Chang not winning three and sponsor on Clay's is I didn't think Betsy had a good serve receiving year. So someone who, you know, like when you serve to her, and not to mention that Misty may kill her mentality, mm -hmm. uh, you don't want to serve her because she makes you sorry you're dead. But she she really had an off year on service eve, uh, um, that my eye test, that doesn't show up on stats because what you're bringing back out of system doesn't show up on paper. Right. Matt? Um, I, I mean, look, passing serve reception is a very difficult thing. I mean, and it's always a variable, right, based on the wind, based on who's serving at you, based on the, the venue, right, based on the uh, how fatigued you are and what stage of the event you're in, too. So um, serve reception is extremely important. We all know this. Mm -hmm. um, I can't specifically pick, you know, one event where she, maybe she struggled a little bit, perhaps in a final in Hermosa. I recall maybe a couple of passes not being maybe where her partner needed him to be. But yeah. Let's... Yeah. So what the what did we write down? Because because I'm dude, I'm I mean I'm an old dude, man. I'm the oldest. I believe in it. I'm the oldest guy in this in this room. If that's that, if anyone can believe that. But well, yeah, the first ahead. thing I just say, I just want to make sure I give love to Casey Patterson. I mean, what a career. Yeah. You know. Thanks. I mean, and and the way that he finished, you know, went out on on, on a high horse and, um, you know, was balling all year. Had a great year. Casey yeah. had a great career. He had a great career, well, amazing not, I career. I mean, he won this year, right, playing with Phil. Yeah. Right? Not to steal your thunder wax, yeah, but, no. I mean, he had a great career. Like, when Casey Patterson came out to the beach, I don't know if anyone would have expected him to make it to the Olympics. No. Right, in Rio. So, like, that's a huge accomplishment, right? Yeah. And then, what, did he win 18 times on tour, including Manhattan, right? Playing with Jake, that was one of the best partnerships, you know, in the last couple of decades, I'd say. And uh, yeah, so and, I and talk about a guy who brings energy, 
right? Like then, and that's what our sport needed for a long time. We needed someone to come out there and engage with the fans and have the mohawk hair and 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 just have a different kind of style on the beach and just you know. And that was him. And and talking, right? What are you doing? You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. As a as a fan, you definitely gravitated towards him, right? And as a player against him, you kind of like it got under your skin. Yeah. So you had to make sure that you didn't let him get under your skin because he was so good at everything else as like a six six defender. Yeah. Right? To get the ball, you know, past him, but then also to block him offensively because it was either serve him or Jake. Right. Yeah. So who do you serve in that combo? That's a I mean, that's a tough team to serve at. Yeah. I he had such a great straight and simple approach after his pass. He'd pass and he kind of line up almost like bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his posture straight, sees the whole court. And it seems like time slows down for this guy. Um, and he's moving at normal speed. But time is, everything else is moving like three, three quarter yeah. speed. And that's what I thought he did well. I want to kick, uh, punt the ball to my beach volleyball guys on this question. And I'm, I'm absolutely privileged to have you guys in the same room together with me. On do you th- how much do you think Casey Patterson has taught some of the players present tense and some of the future players on how to market themselves and understand mm. the business side of this? You, mm. The guy could wear a NASCAR suit to a game with with his sponsors and the way he took care of it. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, I'd like to, but I, I got I got some geniuses in the room, and I'm gonna do something for once in my life and shut up and let y'all talk. So first of all, what I would say is talk about a guy who fully committed himself to the game. That's why I'm going to start with that, right? Number one, as a family man, right? He, he took care of his family. He's got a huge family. <laughs> right? He has five kids. Yeah. Here's, but, a, here's a story. <laughs> but, but let's start there, right? Because that takes a man to do that. And then on top of that, commit to your craft the way that he did. I just want to recognize him for that because that takes a lot of energy and a lot of compart- compartmentalization, you know? Um, but the passion that he has for the sport allows him to be marketable, right? So without that passion, it's actually kind of tough. Yes, you can, you can, you know, be on the leaderboards, but you got to have that passion because that's what all these companies and sponsors are gravitating, gravitating towards, right? So he's got that passion. He's got the commitment, you know, um, and he's got this off-court presence, right? He's so, you can just talk to him and he can laugh and smile and you just want to keep talking to him. Right. And so that personability is, I think, huge, a huge part of how he got that. The three sponsors. P's. Yeah. Presence, personality and professionalism. Right. Right. I think in terms of like marketing, that's what companies want. Right. Mm-hmm. Anybody could come up to Casey and he would stop what he was doing and talk to him, take a picture, yep. sign an autograph, do a social media thing, like whatever it is now. Right. And he was great at it. And yeah, his shorts look like a NASCAR sometimes for sure. But you know what? Good for him. I mean, how many? Yeah. It's not like sponsors are knocking on everyone's door saying, "Hey, we want to sponsor you." you and, know, and don't uh, NASCAR people make money? <laughs> that wasn't an exactly. insult. <laughs> exactly. I so, think our yeah. politicians should do that. <laughs> Wear a NASCAR he, he suit. Absolutely, hundred percent. Taught a lot of people how to be marketable, how to make money outside of prize money um, on the beach tour, probably domestic and international, and. You know, it talk about like a legacy, right? That if that's something that you take from someone else's career to try to advance your own for the younger generation, absolutely, you yeah, gotta do that with him. And if it's within your personality, engage with the fans. You know, it, like for me, that wasn't something that I could do. Um, but the w- watching him, the way that he could play the game at a high level, look to a fan, talk a little smack, you know, engage real quick, go right back to the game. That makes you more watchable. 
Think yeah. about the golden era of volleyball, right? The 90s of beach volleyball. Tim Hovland, Randy Stoklos, you know, Sinjin <sighs> Smith, you know, Karch and Kent were a little robotic, but you had these personalities, yeah. right? Yeah. We, we didn't have any personalities for a little while, and they're starting to come back. Loyola, well, they've been yeah. back, right? Mm-hmm. Loyola was one of those two. It came back with Casey, right? And now Trevor kind of has that personality where, like, he's the bad guy, right? He's going to guarantee a win. He's going to drop an F-bomb yeah. into the mic, you know? He's going to dump beer on his head and, like, kind of, you know... Be like that guy, which our sport needs those personalities for engagement from fans. Yeah, right. I think what he brought to the table was knowing um, if you're that kind of person, if you're that person, then you have to come with that same energy all the time. And you have to come with the pressure that goes with it. Right. Someone asked me who's the, the best club coach out there. I told him me and I told him me because if I say that out loud, I know it puts a lot of pressure that any mistake I make is was with a magnifying glass and it's amplified fivefold and it looks like I don't know what I'm doing. And if you're you are willing to take to 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 assume that risk and take that pressure and take the heat that comes with it, then you um and if it doesn't crush you, what what it's doing with with Trevor, with Trevor right now and and Taylor, if they can take it, that's a great career like you said and that's that's what I think Casey Patterson taught you if you're like me and if you're and if you're able to take the heat because some of the things he says to the fans like right you're like oh my god I give I'm gonna give Casey two plays before he gets hit and then the fans are gonna be like oh but but he can take it and this and and that's what I got from him that's what I got he had a great career and I've just got to go back to the commitment right he just committed to the game he committed to the game he committed himself to the game he would drive to Huntington uh, quite a bit to train from Thousand Oaks. Yeah, from To. That's <laughs> like an hour and a half no, without traffic. Right, right, right. Two and a half with traffic. Right, and he would, and and then oh, another thing that uh, Casey did really well is he surrounded himself with greatness. Right, whether it was partners or coaches or opponents, training opponents, he would just always surround himself with greatness, and that's really what it takes. He had such a good run with Jake. I, I mean, I don't even remember who he played with before Jake. Right. And then obviously having Tyler Ty Loomis, right? Ty Loomis. Ty Loomis. Yeah. They won right. Coney Island. That they was uh, um, Ty Loomis, one of Ty Loomis's uh, two championships. Yeah. He won with Madison McKibben, but uh, I think a whole decade earlier in 2009, uh, Brooklyn, New York. Trust, Shout tr- out Ty Loomis. Trust me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bleach blind. He was a, to- he was a toehead back then, right? And yeah. that, you know, and that business up front party in the back turned a little bit more reddish and, and still a young face, still a young personality. You know, and I guess you got to be when you have a tribe full of kids like that, man. That's a, that's a, that's an indoor team right there, guys. You know, and he's just an athlete. I think he's doing pickleball now. Yeah. Um, you know, but he'll always be an athlete. Pickleball. That's how we're going out now. Huh? <laughs> what was the other topic? We, we, oh, we. Were, I mean, you know, because this is where I think Matt. Matt. Uh, having Matt in the room definitely is going to be productive in this conversation. I just wanted to spark a conversation about the AVP just because I'm a fan. I just want to see it grow. I want to see it thrive. I- I'd like to see more prize money. I'd like to see more faces. You know, I just wanted to spark that conversation. Yeah. I Can I start? Yeah, where I think Where I yeah, think what the, AV- what the AVP did well. Um, as far as prize money, prize money looks a little bit bigger, right? As far as like partnershiping with some of these tournaments that are going to be around anyway, like Wapaka, uh, New Orleans, they have their own Coconut Beach thing, um, Atlantic City, re- all of these tournaments that are going to have tournaments regardless. The partnership with the AVP and like the collaboration, I thought was very, very, very well well done. I, I had my doubts in the beginning and I thought there were one or two guys behind the curtain that were like way in over their head, you know, but uh, um, I'm glad I'm... 
I'm in a position to be wrong about those things and say, good, good for you guys. Big up to Jeff Conover. Mm -hmm. uh, big up to Josh Glazebrook, one of the guys who I thought was in over his head. But, but he, nah, he, he's, when push comes to shove and the man had to do what he had to do, uh, what's the end result? Phoenix is a great result. Mm -hmm. And that's why I wanted to punt back to you guys, right? The, all of this momentum. I mean, you had this conversation about Phoenix, like, dude, what comes next? What kind of mom momentum are we going to have after Phoenix? Is it just going to be Phoenix and we're going to have this high, this drunken stupor, and then we wake up the next morning and it's gone? Or do, is there is is Phoenix uh, kind of this sedway or this roadway where there's some kind of um, fan engagement sustainability? Does everybody understand where I'm going with this? No, I do. Yeah, okay, I understand. I mean, Jay, no. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. No, no. I think, <laughs> absolutely. You know, anyone that's been around beach volleyball through the cycles of ownerships, right, and the highs and the lows, the peaks and the valleys, right, that beach volleyball just is associated with, right. You know, I think we saw with Donald Sun owning it, it, it was going in the right direction, okay? It's business still, right? Businesses make decisions, they sell to another business, right? Bally buys it. Maybe Bally doesn't really know what they're getting, right? And putting together a little bit of a skeleton crew like Al Lau, Josh Glazebrook, Jeff Conover, I think the product that they put out there for what they had and the resources that they had and the time that they had to do it was spectacular. Yeah. Like they should get tons of credit and kudos, right? For sure. For the fans that are watching, you have to ask them to be patient, right? Because what's the saying? Rome wasn't built in a night, right? You got to give the AVP with this new ownership group a couple of years, right? Do they need an extra camera on court two with commentators? Yeah, absolutely, because people want to watch those games. Put me in, coach. Right? <laughs> they, do they want to gamify it? Do you want to be able to bet on beach volleyball? Yeah, because that's where sports is going is online betting, right? So there's definitely room for improvement. There always is, right? But what's the alternative? No professional beach volleyball in the U.S., that would be a travesty, right? No one wants be. to see yeah. that again. We've been through that. Yeah. That's not good for anyone, obviously, or the sport itself. Right. So I think it was a great year. What the AVB can do, would we want to see more prize money? Yes. Do we want to see more events? Yes. Yeah, but I think that'll come, it, too. You gotta, it's got to build up, yeah. you know? Okay, so I got a lot to say on this topic. The first thing I want to say is, yeah, they did a great job. Right. They did a great job for this is the first year uh, as Bally's took over. Right. So knowing that and then knowing that these tournaments are expensive to put on. Right. It's a lot. It's a big budget to put these things on. Yeah. Well, it comes with being a professional sports. Yeah. League. But right. Right. But there's not <laughs> a whole lot of exchange. Right. right. There's not to, there's merchandising. Not a, yeah. Alcohol sales, ticket sales. There's not a whole right? lot. So it's expensive. So that I want to give them credit. Because the you know what I'm what I'm trying to say is not I don't want to be overcritical I, I I am a fan I want them to thrive, but I was hoping for more engagement, right? For, uh, fan engagement from that Phoenix Championships. I thought that they missed an opportunity to engage with the fans right there in the chat in that YouTube chat. Go ahead and just yeah. talk to us, ask us questions, do a poll. What do you guys want to see more? Who are your favorite players? They could have done a round, like a, a round table like this, like we're doing right now in the chat. Right, yeah. which would create more engagement. I like that suggestion though, because I've been part of some of those chats, and like in the beginning, like a year ago, I'm like these these motherfuckers, these these freakers are crazy. I I ain't talking to none of these people. But then all of a sudden, you know, greetings from Germany. Hey, whatever. And then you start seeing the same names. You've seen the same names so yeah. much. I come in and I type the boss in the building. And everyone knows who it is. So it's like well, yeah. it became this this crew of usual suspects right. that and that were inviting and not like 
You know how sometimes you get these old school guys that are like freaking cranky old farts about it. You don't know. Back in my day, well, there's a know? lot of those. Uh, but there, there's always going to be that. But and always, no, but there's always going to be that. But but the chat section has evolved into this thing where vo- volleyball players of all levels and all walks of life have been engaging and welcoming. Taylor Crabb jumped in and and he was so he was so funny they thought he was a fake account. They kept calling him fake Taylor and then I called him or I texted him. I'm like, that's really you, right? And he's like, yeah. He's a, he goes, LOL, yes, that's me. Well, there, so, there should be more of that. And one <laughs> another idea I had was, you know, during a game, why don't, why don't why doesn't the, the AVP have one person to be in charge of that chat? Ask questions from the audience. The audience can submit questions, and then uh, whoever's commentating can choose one of those questions or comments in exchange for a shout out. Everyone wants a shout out. Everyone's like likes yeah. recognition. That creates engagement. So I do some commentating for an indoor league, the NVA, mm-hmm. um, and we broadcast those matches on YouTube, and we do answer questions about specific things that come up in the chat. To the fans that are watching, and that does bring fan engagement, yeah, for sure, yeah. right back. It's instant ROI, okay? Yeah. And will it happen in the future for the AVP? I mean, certainly hope so. But again, it's a growth thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, totally. And you know, I'd like to see more p- player profiles and stories about the players because at the end of the That's day, Matt Prosser territory. He's yeah, so good. it's He's about so good stories, at it. right, yeah. Matt? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. yes, money, yes, championships, yes, growth, but stories. Yeah, you got to have some behind the scenes. Like your story, man. Like all of our stories. I mean, everyone's got stories, right? Everyone in this room, man. 24 hours with a pro, you know, during a normal training week. Like what's that look like? You know, show the viewers how much work actually goes into it, what the lifestyle is actually like. These are professional athletes that don't get paid nearly the same as what other professional athletes get paid in the United States. Like highlight that to try to make it a little bit more equal maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing is relatability. Right. This sport is not that relatable to the majority of the country. Right. How can we make it more relatable? And what, he, what he just said. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would be one thing. Uh, maybe some other things. Some more clinics. Maybe some more traveling clinics. That could be a part of the, the next season's budget because I didn't really see any of that. You know, I saw. Yes, I saw affiliations with other other uh, tours. That's great. Look, do something that allows the fans to emotionally invest and follow you on that journey. Yes. I'm a Yankee fan. All right. Judge, hit 62. Do you know how many people are, were having babies that night? Yeah. That, <laughs> you know that, ball, that ball went for two million. Two million but, yeah. No, but not just that. People are drinking, they're having a good time, they're singing, and they're doing things inspirational that are outside of the sport of baseball where it looks like one thing has nothing to do with the other, but there is a, a connection. There is this, I, I won't call it logical connection because I, I never saw the logic and I never will, but I know it's there. Right. It's it's omnipresent. Right, it's, right. It's and you're and you're more of a spiritual guy, so maybe I can I could punt the ball back to you on that one. Though I wanted to give uh, Prosser a little bit yeah. more a little bit more input on this. Yeah. Um, and I think that's I like your idea. Uh, uh, in the fan interaction. You take a journey with someone, you start caring about his journey, and when you see some of the demons they conquer, that inspires somebody else to conquer their demons. All of this guy's fatty, he wants to lose weight all of a sudden a year later. Dude, I watch a tribe a tribe tri- born video, yeah. and, I, and, I, I, and I lost 60 pounds. You know what I'm saying? You'll hear more stories like that where, where they'll be grateful to the sport that they're following. Totally. And not just that, it'll attract new fans, mm-hmm. right? Uh, attract old school and, volleyball and is a dying generation in. not just attract them but get them to buy in yeah and follow the the players that they can relate to because they've seen a little bit our more fans are getting old man it. our fans are getting old we can't have a five-year plan where it's don't die <laughs> okay 
we 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 got to and hopefully we will be collectively better at that i like i like that yeah and and a couple other ideas that i had was highlight the podcasts that are going on highlight your podcast highlight my podcast highlight sandcast that'll be the day you know highlight (laughs) but but you have right now you have more than ever before you have conversations that are happening public conversations that are being published about these things about the game about the stories like highlight them talk about them you know specifically from the avp like you know share right it's all about sharing being that the avp is on youtube now all you really got to do is just have a content creator. Yeah, that's what I'm you saying. Could, they could have their own podcast. Yeah. Right. And every week, it's the weekly roundup, weekly AVP roundup. Yeah. And talk S- about sign the last up. event, talk about new partnerships, <laughs> right. talk about stats, talk about who's playing good, talk about drama yeah. between Hyden and Crab or whatever, you know, these things. Yeah. And, and get fan buy in. Here's an uncomfortable challenge that a lot of people don't want to hear, too, since we're, we're deep into this conversation. And I'm, I'm the one with the least to lose here. So I'll just say what I got to say. Um, <laughs> Make sure we continue to enlist people who deliver. There are people who have a great past. This guy's an NCAA champion. Oh, that guy was in the Olympics. That guy's this and that. But I am, it's a co-world, my man. I'm a Bill Parcells guy. And Bill Parcells, of course, part of it is you are what your record says you are. But the other part is, I don't care what you did 20 years ago. Can you do this? Are you the best? Like, let's say they're looking for a play-by-play guy. Are you the best person for this job right here, right now? Can you do the job? Right here, yet right now, yes or no? Well, I did this in the past. That's not what I'm asking. No, this job. This is why Chuck Daly, who never dribbled a basketball in his life, won two rings. And that's why Isaiah, who won two rings under him, can't coach his way out of a paper bag. He's got two championships. I don't trust that guy to coach the Knicks or even the Timberwolves, all right? So, or whoever, Sacramento Kings. So they need to know. Uh, have a healthy balance of who brings star power. I get I get people's past credential. Uh, and maybe I'm speaking a little bit for myself, and you guys see that. But who, who's the best guy for the job? Yes or no? Right? Matt, right now, as, uh, I just told you before the podcast, Matt, you are one of the top three guys that are interchangeables. You can do play-by-play and color and breakdown. You can sit in a room by yourself. You could have Chris Muller in a room, and you're the breakdown guy, or you can have Stokey, Stokeless, and, and you could be the setup guy for him. And there, there's only a handful of interchangeables. Use you. you a- AVP, you're like, you have everything to gain and very little to use. Use this guy. You know, I, I, and I'll make it about me. So how would it use me? I'm, I'm, I, I believe I'm one of the best guys out there without without the, the California past. I mean, that's okay, right? Can, I, can you do the job or not? Matt Prosser. This guy, you'd be awesome for the, um, if they had an interactive thing, my God, I don't know. I, I don't mean to sound like I'm selling the three of us, but man, this guy, he'd be, ter- he'd be terrific. He'd be terrific. Well, like like Matt said, they're they're probably working on all this stuff, you know, it's it's only the first year. So, you know, hopefully they are. Hopefully they are. Use, um, use Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. Yeah. Kyle Friend is great. Um, he was dry at first, but man, he... He 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 looked at Papa Bear and is like, okay, I want to be like that guy. And now and now Kyle so is I, good. I recruited Kyle, yeah, and coached him, and then we got to we got to broadcast together. It was it was oh. awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, go ahead. Uh, well, did you want to talk any any more about the broadcasting? Because I I got a few other ideas here. But no, I, let's, let's move on. Table. So we're we're an hour twenty one in, boys. <laughs> well, okay. So so the other part of this conversation for growth, right, is you have to look at the youth. You have to. It's the number one sport in the country for girls right now, participation-wise. 
um, you have to use that somehow, right? And yeah, I'm a club director and a club owner, so you know, I'm a little biased in that sense. But I, not everyone's going to be an AVP athlete. Most people aren't, but they should be celebrated in their journey as a youth athlete. Right. And they should be at least recognized. And I think the AVP could actually recognize all the, the, the beach volleyball clubs because there's not too many of them, but there's more and more of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they I think that could be a part of the conversation that, for growth anyway. When right. you look at the sport of volleyball, indoors and beach, it's the number one high school girls sport in the entire nation. Right. Right. And almost every state. I saw something the other day on the AVCA like. Only three states, volleyball is not the number one girl sport in high school. That's your future. Like, you have to capitalize on it. Yeah. Not, just, all, not just indoors, but beach also. Guys, yeah. it's also on all of the major uh, um, college sports network, SEC Channel, Big Ten, which is actually the number one indoor the indoor division, right? They have like six in the top ten, right? Big ten, yeah. Um, all of these networks, volleyball is the number three most viewed sport on their cable channel, only behind college football and college basketball yeah. and and more, so like you said number one yeah and more and more youth clubs are popping up and so those th- those directors and owners and and that whole organization should be highlighted there should be little stories hey this club is doing this hey this club's doing this differently hey check this out you know th- that that creates more engagement that creates more stories the the fact that beach volleyball is a college women's sport is huge for the sport of beach volleyball and the development here for the united states olympic path as well because look at Sponsel and Clays were the youngest Olympians ever for beach volleyball. And now they're winning. I mean, it's just like I'm scared that the men are going to get left behind, right? But it, they are going to get left behind because there's never going to be a, an NCAA beach competition for men. Well, there might be eventually, I guess. There's a uh, uh, couple schools. Stevenson I think. College yeah. just started. In Maryland, on. yeah. It's, it is coming, so, right? But it's going to be slow, you know, I guess. Slows better than zero. Exactly. Right? Steven, so. Guys, Stevenson, by the way, has a great volleyball community. Like where Stevenson is, lo- is located in the particular... Uh, You're uh, telling so, me that and, and Pepperdine Mar- doesn't? And the Maryland Long Beach area? State doesn't? Yeah. Like all these schools in Southern California, Hawaii? Well, I mean, right? if, if serving oneself is, yeah. Maryland, Maryland and Stevenson's trying to do something bi-coastal, nationwide. Pepperdine, I'm going to be real, only cared about Pepperdine. They, ain't, they, ain't, they, don't, they don't care about some guy from some team from New York. This, the, Stevenson's doing something that, that's trying to affect beach volleyball by coastal. Right. And, that's, and that's, don't you think that's kind of sad since this is the hotbed? That, it is sad, that, especially that, when you look at the growth of boys volleyball on the high school level as well, indoors. Yes. Okay, There's tons of kids that would come out to the beach. on the 4.5 scholarships for men's indoor. Still. And this could all be done through Bally's. They just need some organization through it. They got the money. Um, maybe that's what's coming, right? Uh, and, maybe, and hopefully. Maybe we're just sitting here talking ash, right? And and and, well, and someone at Bally's is like, oh, wait till these guys no, no, get no, a no, load that, of That'd be great. They're in the boardroom talking about <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, but I, that leads me to my next thing. My, my final point is foundations, right? There should be a foundation set up for underprivileged uh, kids yeah. that do not normally have access to this sport. Very similar to, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mamba and Mamacita Foundation, but they do um, uh, basketball camps at the, sp- at the sports academy for underprivileged kids. And it's, it's set up through uh, the Kobe Bryant Foundation and, Ven- and Vanessa right. Bryant Foundation. But they're thriving. And there should be something like, we don't really have that. I know Dig for Kids. I know Eric Fanoy and, and Dame Blanton uh, did that. Oh, um, come on. But, but you know... It, I don't know if they're still doing that. And, you know, I, I know uh, J.O. used to do something. I'm doing, um, we're doing something now. That's great. I was going to, I was going to, 
I, I wanted the Matt to get a get a word in because I'm, I'm. No, I, that's I, great. I think, I think that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, on the indoor side, it's happened before a little bit with I think Starlings is a is a volleyball. Club Omar Vargas on the East yeah. Coast too. Yeah. Um, Starlings you know, is coast they, to coast. But Wex, you're totally right. There's a huge underserved population of of this nation that doesn't play volleyball. And yeah. How do we get those younger athletes introduced to the sport? And it could even be from a company like Wilson. It doesn't have to be Bally's and AVP. Wilson could come in and say, you know what? We're going to do this, guys. We're going to grab some ambassadors. We're going to take some Wilson ambassadors. We're going to we're gonna uh, uh, invite kids out to the beach, and we're going to do a little clinic, and maybe a kid will fall in love with the sport. J- Jason Olive, um, who's the program director for LA Volleyball Club. Um, Dane, by the way, is figureheading the beach part. So yeah. And, and I'm, I'm with them right now. Jason Olive has decided to re- to move to Culver City, where Vista Del Mar High School is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more inland, and they're exposing players who are not part of the volleyball culture, who have a mild interest. Maybe they got a gym teacher in those volleyball. Um, and we've been doing these clinics three days a week. I, I'm in El Segundo, so I'm like their South Bay guy because the, the commute is horrific for them, but but golden for me. And we have these tryouts, and we recruited. Forty percent of all of our teams are black and Latino players inland who don't who don't have have the privilege of being yeah. coached at Miracosta or this and that and this. so so as your question um, I'm not saying Jace is the answer to everything but I think they need, they need to take a, a look at two things one what Jo is doing at LA Volleyball Club and two there's a high school called John Jay College in, John Jay High School in Brooklyn they had so many teams now Park Slope. And if you know anything about Brooklyn, this park slope and Red Hook. It's like a West Side Story. Brownstones, rich, fat, white girls here. Uh, uh, guys, you know, people living on top of each other, black and Latino players, poor, roach infested projects here. Divided by Sixth Avenue or whatever. And Mike Salek, who, who's the, the assistant coach, found out that the teams were had two teams. One was a varsity team, and that team happened to be all the white kids, and the black and Latino kids and minorities were another team. Story, I actually heard a podcast about this. That's it. Well, I was in that New York. was it. This is an amazing story. That's the New Yorker. That needs to be listened to. That's yeah. and his name is Mike Salik. Yeah. He um, played at LIU, and then he played in Greece or whatever. He played with uh, uh, Seydou. Remember Seydou mm-hmm. Adjanako? Him and Seydou rolled together. They Pottstown Rumble. They took second together. So he's this mensch from. Um, I'll, we talked about mensch before from Brooklyn that integrated. I, mean, he, I mean, he can't even fathom how these teams were separate and how nobody picked this up. Wasn't it crazy? Talk to me, Matt. Yeah, I mean, it's a really great story. Um, I listened to this podcast from The New Yorker while I was in Poland. Um, but basically what Mike Salik has done is he's taken kids from two vastly different communities and brought them together into one volleyball program because of the way that the school is established, right? Yes. And basically <coughs> what was sort of like modern day segregation for lack of a better description, he's brought everyone together yeah. to share the experiences of volleyball and competition and gotten them better for it, but then has dealt with all the other things that come along with it, right? The psychological side of it, you know, the the ethnic side of it and you know sort of well these ones are more privileged because they get to go play club and these ones don't and it's all, you know, all right. kind of intertwined and it's this isn't a made-up story. This is real life this that actually, goes on there. This has happened. This is some modern-day Remember the Titans type stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I only say Remember the Titans because he took this team, or this quasi-segregated team, and they made the PSAL finals last year. Mm-hmm. They lost in the finals. They they went all the way to the end. And I, I um, 
you know, the, I, I'm still a New York guy, so I've been I've been following the, the the high school scene in New York because these these city kids from different. Remember, I said the different neighborhoods, the Russians, the immigrants are already been playing since childhood, the Dominicans. So so you know, Balmeso. If you remember Balmeso, half of those kids yeah. are, are uptown mm-hmm. Washington Heights. So I really love what Mike's doing, and I like. It produced this result, this integrated, yeah. remembered. I had, when I saw it and when I saw them make the PSL finals, I was like, if they win, this is a remember the Titan story. If they win the PSLs, they lost to Bronx Science. But but I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm sure Mike, who's a pretty quiet guy, um, would, would appreciate the shine because he, he, I don't know if he knows how to or if he's just he's just so ingratiated in, in, into the sport. You know how some guys are just, yeah. they're all about that action. They don't want to talk about all this. So I'm glad we... We we took the time to highlight that. Yeah, and I just want to I just want to finish that thought by saying, look, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm I'm actually very grateful with what AVP is trying to do and eternally. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, like you said, it's better than nothing, you know. And especially after COVID, we didn't even mention that, right? Right? Like that was there was nothing going on during let, that time. Let, let's circle it all the way back, right? A little bit to more specifically beach volleyball, just in general, right? And what USA volleyball can do also to expose these underserved under you know, uh, appreciated demographics or areas that people don't get to see beach volleyball or even attempt to play the sport, right? Like the PGA has this first tee. You guys know the first tee? Yeah. Right? They have regional competitions. And scholarships. And scholarships. And then these kids get to go to Augusta to the Masters for their, like, you know, uh, culminate their Super Bowl, basically. Why can't there be first serve, right, for lack of a better word, of a regional type thing where kids get together and play and they punch a ticket to Manhattan Beach and Love they get that. to play right next to the pros on stadium court in Manhattan Open, right, for like a national championship. Love like that. that's how you get youth involved, right? You yeah, have yeah. to expose them to them, give them the opportunity yeah. to fall in love with it. Yeah, they've done that really well with uh, uh, AVP first because uh, I do remember like uh, center court, like I was with Endless Summer. Like Natalie Miskowski is at UCLA. I remember coaching her in the finals. Uh, Eden McCoy was also at USC. So, so they've done a good job. But I think what what he was talking about was exposing players who can't afford to to be part of these clubs. Yeah, but that's and, a good and, idea too. And like you said, maybe the AVP, um, like you said, um, arrange arrange scholarships, yeah. access, not just access, but it's like I love the access, I love the coaches, but I but I can't afford this. You know, you're going to have a mom say, I, yeah, can't, I can't do this. I, can't, I don't have the money. Here, here's an idea. You could actually utilize the facilities at these colleges now. Dane, yeah. Dane would host somebody at USC. Yeah. Stein would host somebody, you know, like a, a little group event. And that's a great idea, actually. I just thought of that right now. You could actually, they could, <laughs> they could have their teams be, be uh, coaches to some of these kids. They could, you know, and create like a bond situation, yeah. right? Look at you. We, our phones are buzzing right now. Everybody, <laughs> we're an hour and a half. And I everyone's go on wondering and on where, about this uh, No, but everyone's wondering where the hell we are. And last time, Matt, last time you and I talked, we felt uh, we felt like we could have went like four, oh, yeah. right? That was insane. Sure. Um, so actually, let's wrap up now because I, I got to, um, I want to pick up my nanny's going to pick up my kid, but I promised my nanny I would go with her. Um, and I also have uh, El Segundo, the, the the free clinic I do for players of all levels. That's awesome. I do every single Thursday in a uh, high-performance center. Very cool. El Segundo, I'm, I'm heading that up. So um, somebody wants to know a little bit more about Aaron Wexler. Get, hook up your IG or just where they can find them or, or your website. Yeah. I know you're West Coast Volleyball, so camera's yours. Camera shot on you, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah, West Coast VBC <laughs> is uh, westcoastvbc.com is our uh, beach volleyball club west coast beach i also host a podcast called within the game really good so, one at within the game podcast on ig 
and uh, I'm about to release my new book, The Inspired Athlete. So, Maddie Pro, congratulations! Maddie Pro is sweating in here. He looks like a bat. He looks like a bat. Dude, you look like a Baptist minister right now. That Wex is sweating through his I shirt. Am, over I am, here. I am. It's hot in here. If this room gets hot because I think the uncomfortability makes us want to get the subject matter out there. But you look like, man, you look like you belong in a church. If you don't, starting to get there. If you don't know if you're going to heaven or hell. You going to hell. <laughs> um, so no. where can we meet Maddie Pro? Um, really, just on Instagram, the Matt Prosser. Uh, is my Instagram profile. You can reach out to me there. Beach Volleyball World too, right? I'm on Beach Volleyball TV. Uh, Volleyball World TV for Mm -hmm. indoors and beach stuff. And NVA USA is something that's on YouTube. It's an indoor league, but it's something that we do every year. It starts up in January. Uh, some teams from across the country. Going to so. be fun. Yeah. Or reach out to Jay here. All right. So, guys, Aaron Rexler and Matt Prosser might love you guys, but me? Nah, I, I think I love y'all too. I know. <laughs> love y'all too thanks for listening to us okay for all of you on your iphones for all of you on your ipads for all of you on your desktop who runs the world old school old school for my man aaron wexler from west coast volleyball and maddie pro from beach beach volleyball nation and god knows where else i'm jason debeus we're gonna hit my music and we are out of here peace Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionVB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify. (laughs) I was looking at myself. I was like, damn. You're going to love what you hear. No AC in here?